0: Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith.
1: (laughs) What is faith?
0: In Hebrews 11th chapter, first verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for, and evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. You've got to have faith. All right. Today is August the 18th, and we have the whole gang here. We have uh, Craig and Deb. Hello, hello. How's everybody Hi. doing? All right. It's
2: a beautiful, sunny day in Oakland.
0: <coughs> no. yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to uh, jump into not only um, the gospel, the New Testament, uh, we're going to jump into, I believe it's John 13th chapter, verse 35, and also we're going to jump into the Quran, chapter 49, verse 13. But beforehand, we're going to, uh, let me um, uh, bring us into prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. We thank you. We love you. We praise your name. Um, we think that you, thank you for giving us the spirit uh, and the energy to, to witness uh, for you every single Saturday, that you keep our spirits up no matter what's going on in our own personal lives, that um, through our little storms, uh, big and small, uh, we are still there for you. And we ask that you keep our spirits up, that you keep up the spirits of those who listen to uh, this podcast, and that whatever we say or that we do uh, will be inspired by the love of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. All righty. So, um, yeah, so we're going to – I was um, motivated by uh, – there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Um, we talked a couple of uh, podcasts ago about the Reclaiming Jesus movement. Uh, this was during the time that um, there was the the march, uh, the Stoneman Douglas, Douglas kids. Uh, they were marching. and um, No, I'm sorry. This was when uh, Meghan Markle was married. And the reverend who married her was Bishop um, Curry. Curry, Michael Curry, Michael Curry yeah. and he used the forum to bring up the Reclaiming Jesus movement. He's very troubled by what's happening in America right now, mm-hmm. and uh, he brought up the Reclaim Jesus movement. And if you go on the website, which I will link, he he uses um, the verse John thirteenth chapter thirty fifth verse. Um, and actually, let me, let me just read a, a little bit of the premise of the Reclaiming Jesus. Of course, I already had it.
2: I'm I have it right here.
0: Yeah, I have it right oh, yeah. here. Uh, he says, we're living in through perilous and polarizing times as a nation with a dangerous crisis of moral and political leadership at the highest levels of our government and in our churches. We believe the soul of the nation and the integrity of faith are now at stake. It is time to be followers of Jesus before anything else nationality, political party, race, ethnicity, gender, geography, our identity in Christ precedes every other identity. We pray that our nation will see Jesus' words in us. And here's where he, here he uses John thirty thirteen, thirty five. And I believe this is the NIV version. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I, I'll actually read a little bit just before because this is during the time that Jesus is talking to Peter. Uh, hold on for just a second. During the Passion Week. Exactly. At
2: the the Last Supper.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, here he is. Um, Jesus says, uh, this is verse 30. I'll start with verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me just as I told the Jews. So I will tell you now where I'm going. You cannot come a new command. I give you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And then it goes on. Simon Peter says, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later. Peter then says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus says, will you really lay down your life for me? Verily, I will tell you before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And we know the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into John 14. Right. So there you go. Um,
2: Well, I also wanted to point out that the Reclaiming Jesus folks Mm -hmm. are a group of interdenominational leaders. Absolutely. um, And that the question that they're really challenging us to answer for ourselves Mm -hmm. is who is Jesus Christ for us today?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And. Although, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned they're a multi-denominational group. We, you know, on our podcast, we want to sort of extend this. There are those who may not be Christian at all. So you may hear Reclaiming Jesus, oh, you know, okay, well, (laughs) let me turn it off because I'm not a Christian. But we're really talking about, you know, love of one another. You know, what Jesus is saying to Peter is that when you connect with one another, when you love one another, and when our fellowship is about connecting one another, you are – Y- you are uplifting my name, mm-hmm. but it's really about connecting with one another. And so I also looked in the Quran mm-hmm. to see yeah. what it says about loving one another, and I found something. So uh, the Quran, this is um, this is I have it right here, the Al hujarat Al Hujurat. Uh, it says the apartments revealed at Madinah, two sections, eighteen verses. So forty nine. 49 verse 13 says, "O mankind, surely we have created you from a male and a female and made you tribes and families that you may know each other. And then it goes on. Surely the noblest of you with Allah is the most dutiful of you. Surely Allah is knowing aware. And then it keeps going. But clearly it's talking about we have created you um, and made you tribes and families that you may know each other. So it's talking about being together.
2: Yeah, this other translation that you had quoted to us in the message is, we created you from a male and a female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know and honor each other, not that you should despise one another.
1: Yep, yep. It it seems clear to me that, you know, even though there was so much conflict, especially in Christ's time, Mm -hmm. conflict with, you know the established religion conflict with those who didn't believe with anything at all mm-hmm. even conflict among the disciples not really knowing what they were going to do or how they were going to do it mm-hmm. you know christ came forward and i think what uh, bishop curry is kind of trying to emphasize here is that the point people is the message mm-hmm. the point of the message forget about everything you know and in, in your translation uh, It said that, like at the very end, I think uh, John 13, um, uh, verse 35, says, This is how everyone, this is my translation, this is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. And I believe yours was quoted, if that's right, you love each other. That's exactly right. Well, if or when, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the purpose, this is the message, this is the, you know. Conscription. Yeah. The instruction. It's like, it's not a matter of what you believed in or how qualified you think you are. You're the disciples. This is your job. Go out and get people to help each other. And, of course, Bishop Curry calls this, you know, a time of intense crisis. Mm -hmm. And like I I think I've said several times, if you (coughs) don't think there's a crisis going on right now, you're not. Pay attention. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think, I think Jesus' emphasis, you know, because Jesus is very close. I think the very next, um, as, and we've talked about it in other interpretations, uh, in Matthew and in Luke, mm-hmm. he's about to get arrested. Yeah it's, yeah, it's coming down. Yeah, it's coming down. But Jesus doesn't even focus on that. He focuses on, listen, I'm, I'm, don't focus on me. Focus on you. Because he says very clearly, I will be with you only a little longer. Mm-hmm. He says, love one another. And it's amazing how love is, you know, he repeats it several times in verse 34.
2: And he's saying it to someone he knows is about to betray him. Yes. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Love yeah. one another the way I've loved you. Yeah. That's right. You know. As I've loved you so much, you love one another. I think he says it four times. And that's love. the
2: basic tenet pretty much, well, it is, of mm-hmm. all the religions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So jumping Except back. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's not even go there. <laughs> but. You know the Quran is really talking about you know you have these tribes mm-hmm. and you know the Quran is talking about there all of these tribes and these tribes have come together and Allah, at least in this interpretation, wants people to come together. Yeah. You know all of these tribes coming together as one, and which is what Jesus is talking about. That's why he, the, that's the assignment of the disciples to mm-hmm. use my word to bring people together, and that's what Bishop Curry is talking about, bringing people together.
1: I think a lot of times we think of disciples and we think like oh they were they were really cool. Wish they were around here now w- doing their mm-hmm.
2: doing their leadership the discipleship in, yeah, and
1: it's like you know, I think Bishop Curry this reclaiming, you know, Jesus thing is trying to kind of like you know explain, you know, in difficult terms that are, you know, as far as like being evangelical today and trying to get down to the nitty-gritty of like look being evangelical just doesn't mean, like, beating people over the head and telling them, you know, mm-hmm. what they're supposed to believe or telling them how they're going to behave. Being evangelical means reaching out into the hearts mm-hmm. and caring about people who need caring for. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it. That's, you know, that's that's the message I think he wants to mm-hmm. portray. And, and so, in essence, he's saying, yes, disciples were great, but they're – and they're not, you know, hanging out. They're in the book and all that stuff. But you are disciples. You know, you have to be disciples, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's not just your wish that somebody's going to come around and, Mm -hmm. and, and teach you and instruct you. You Mm -hmm. have to, you have to be doing that for each other. Yeah.
0: And it's easy when you're in, (coughs) excuse me, a, let's say a, a group of people who you are comfortable with, you know, like I think that both Jesus and also I think the Quran is talking about connecting with people who are outside of your tribe. Yeah different tribes coming together Jesus telling the disciples listen when I'm gone you're going to have to preach my word to other people you know Paul is writing letters to the Corinthians to the Romans mm-hmm. to the Ephesians mm-hmm. to the Galatians yeah. all all other folks and I think that's the message that we have right now and I think that's what Bishop Curry is talking about it's easy to talk to people who are on your same page yeah. but how do you speak to people who are not on your same page well it's it, it requires you know a little mind-bending,
1: doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When Christ said, love your enemy, you can love your friends all day long. They're great. Sure. Try loving your enemy. Mm-hmm. Ouch. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <But> <laughs> that think, requires work. Yeah,
2: but I think to your point before, you don't have to be aggressive about exactly. your message right. or right. The, the what you're trying to build. You just have to show it Yeah, or do it.
0: I mean, we're really talking about communication. How do yeah. we approach other people? It's easy for me to approach a friend or someone who I have a connection with. But in our lives, how do we connect with people who are maybe not on our same page? You know, how do we, and especially when it comes to, you know, what's happening now, I think what started the Reclaiming Jesus movement, connecting with people who are, um, who can be vitriolic, who can mm-hmm. be, you know, very hateful. Uh, you know, they, uh, last week we didn't even talk about it because we were so talking about love and connecting. We didn't talk about the movement. I mean, the, the march that happened um, in Washington last yeah. week. The the uh, alt right. I mean, there were only a couple of folks. I mean, there was far more there anti. Were a hundred
2: <laughs> of them, and more, many more against them.
0: Exactly, yeah. which is a wonderful thing. But it's still, I still wonder. You know why? You know why do we hate? You know, and how do we approach those who are hateful? I mean, you may not you may not approach a um, a uh, a Klansman or or someone who is uh, a neo Nazi or something like that. But through our jobs sometimes through our families, we may have someone who has a a very, very negative energy for for whatever reason it is. How do you connect to those people?
2: I think a lot of negative energy stems from fear.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And I think a lot of what we're seeing in the news about the negative energy is stemmed from that.
1: Fear and and,
0: and anger. Yeah. That hasn't been resolved. Yeah. And weaponized fear. I mean, I think there's definitely a politics of fear. You know, get get them to the booths to, you know, to be afraid of other people, whether it be You know, angry black people or um, Latinos crossing the border and, you know, supposedly, you know, creating mayhem. Or somebody in your world, you know, workplace, whatever, in your life, who is closed up and is
1: not able to receive love. I mean, that's...
2: But it gets tiring reaching out... And to those people that are closed off, like sure. I, I spent mm-hmm. years, and and uh, mm-hmm. many of our friends have spent years trying to get someone to come out of their shell. I can just say what's been be effective open.
1: to me is, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was telling you guys earlier yeah. this day, what's been effective to me, and ha- has worked for me is to to have somebody say like, "Hey, look, you know, I care about you. I'm your family. Mm-hmm. I'm part of you. Yeah, you know, and you're part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want I want you to come out and." and receive it. Sure. Ah. I want that for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's sort of a sales pitch, I guess. But, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been very effective to me. Yeah. You know, to have that kind of like, Oh my God! Really? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm part of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't. I don't want you to forget that.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I came. I came up with three things, and they're, they're the three things that I throw out to you uh, during breakfast, and I'll just influence Raj into making <a> lists. <laughs> so. But there are three ways that I, when <laughs> I deal with communicating with people, you give them uh, the three PowerPoint. Well, do. well, yeah. <laughs> in in <laughs> my okay. head, it's yeah, yeah, not okay. like <laughs> I say, "Hey, so I want you to sit down. I'm going to give you three things." <laughs> <laughs> what are your three? Number, my three are number one. How do I approach you? How do I come off to you? You know, what is my objective for you? Now, let's say if it's an office environment, I may not be trying to connect with you on a very spiritual thing. I may just say, "Listen, we need to work on this thing, this PowerPoint pro- project, and yeah. you know, I need to what, whatever. I need you to get behind this? Yeah. yeah. But there are ways that we come off to people that we may not know. I mean, sometimes I may come off as having, let's say, a negative energy, or I may come off as being um, bossy, or let's say I'm say I'm ask you to to do something, like we were talking about uh, earlier during lunchtime. Approaching, uh, So I have a podcast, the A podcast. And I was saying, you know, sometimes I'll invite all sorts of people. I'm I'm working on bringing in more women because I just want it to be as diverse as possible so we can have a voice. And we brought up the point that sometimes, you know, having, you know, a woman asking to come to, you know, a man's apartment (laughs) (laughs) to speak with two black men. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. It's going to be a OK. It's going to work out great. (laughs) You don't know how that can be interpreted. So so point one is. How do I come off to you? Let's say if you're approaching someone and let's say there's a negative energy, you can say, listen, um, I just want to sit down and how do I, I think that I'm coming off to you as friendly and whatever, but is that what you're getting from me? Because you may get a different answer. Yeah. And we deal with this in, in relationships all the time. Someone may say, well, you know, Deb, you come off with me as, you know, what I'm getting from you is this. And you may say, wow, that's, that's weird.
2: Yeah. I wasn't, I treat everyone
0: that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the second thing is communicating how a person comes to you. In other words, I I can approach someone and say, Hey, listen, how do I come off to you? or this is what I need from you or this is what I want to convey to you. The the second thing is how do you convey to me? Mm-hmm. Telling someone, listen, this is what I'm getting from you. Especially if it's a negative, you know, vibe. Mm-hmm. I've said beforehand that a lot of individuals who, let's say, piss me off or irritate me, they're not doing it deliberately. of the time, they're not deliberately trying to harm me. A lot of times, it's just they've got things going on in their lives. Of course. That is being projected onto our conversation or whatever. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, I can diffuse a situation by saying, listen, I'm getting something negative from you. I don't know if I'm doing something to you or whatever, but I just want to let you know what you're giving to me. Sometimes they'll say, oh. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Sometimes they may be defensive. Well, listen, I don't, I don't know where you're coming from, and I don't know why, you know, we're you – know, it, you know, it can even be even more negative. But at least you're putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is, listen, this is how I think we together should, should come together, if, if it's even possible. Mm-hmm. So number one is, what do I convey to you? Number two is, what do you convey to me? Number three is, what can we do together to strengthen – this relationship, whatever this relationship is. And you may not come to that same page. Uh, um, not to put your your business out there, Craig, but you were talking about you went to a counselor for your in your first uh, marriage. If this is, I can delete this if you want me to. No, why? Oh,
1: good, about. good, good. Okay. I <laughs> got <laughs>
0: But your counselor said, listen, this isn't going to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Basically counselor just said, said that the first time you went? No, 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 no We no. went through a few.
1: counselors. wow. Before we finally hit the one that said, Ding, ding, ding. Let's call it quits, folks. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a marriage counselor thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah because, yeah. Uh, you know, some they're just two people who will just never, 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 for, for whatever reason. You talked about how exhausting it can be, Deb, mm-hmm. speaking to someone who are just – they just aren't ready. Maybe mm-hmm. they're, they, maybe I'll, I'll never say they'll never come to you, to your side to never, let's say, be a friend if that's the objective or at least to come together to work on this assignment that needs to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. But you can at least say, "Hey, listen, I did my part." Well, I can never say that. You can never say that. I was the problem in whatever the issue is.
1: I suppose. I suppose. Not I that think they can. <laughs> no,
2: I don't.
1: Yeah. I, I think <laughs> we dealing with I'm just saying, like how, how it's been effective to me. I've been sure. a, I've been walled off. I've been closed. I've been unable to receive love and unwilling to, mm-hmm. you know, to let other people enter my life and enter my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I've kind of put the little. Chakra wall there or sure. whatever, um, but the effective thing that 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 has drawn me out of out of my own, mm-hmm. you know, rejection of 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 that of that love has has been uh, a, a a person you know saying like, look, I know you desire to have this communion and have this, you know, and to be part of this community and to be mm-hmm. part of this. You know, relationship either with, you know, me or, you know, other other folks in, in or God or whatever. I know you desire it. I even know you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just not ready for it. Yep. Well, that's no crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, a, that just means like, let's get ready. Mm-hmm. Let's find some ways to get ready for it. Yeah. Let me help. You know, let me. Mm-hmm. Tell you how important it is for you to open up. That has, not just for you, for me, I want it too. I want it for you. Yeah. And that has been effective towards me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying, you know, it works for everybody. Maybe I'm a softie. (laughs) But, you know, uh, I I can be pretty walled off.
2: I, I feel like there needs to be more collaboration in some mm-hmm. of the approaches that I'm hearing. Yeah. Like I, I hear a lot of I am telling them they should do this. <coughs> I am telling them they should do this. where right. Oh, no. You no. have yeah. to have that person be your partner. Yeah. In order to have a community.
0: Oh, sure. No, I would never say, hey, listen, this is what I need. You need to give this to me. I would never do that. I'll just say, listen, this is what I'm getting from you. Right. right. And it, do you uh, do you understand that? Do you realize that? let 's say let 's say i'm you know we 're all theater folks let 's say i 'm getting yeah, so there was one show i did i 'll just i don 't even care, care anymore one ten <laughs> in the shade <laughs> I had a uh, an actress a young actress i 'll you know just to preface that you know she 'd just come out of school. And we were supposed to be love interests in the pl- in the play, and she was not. I mean, I'm a middle aged black guy, mm-hmm. so I was not her choice. Uh-oh. But we had to we had to do it. I was like, Hey, listen, we're professionals, and mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. let's let's do a speed read and let's you know let's rehearse or whatever. He's just like, No, 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 no. We'll just we'll just do it on stage. She was just completely cut off, oh. and I told her, I was like, Listen, um, this isn't going to work on stage. I mean, it's not going to be you know we're not this is what I'm getting from you, and if this is going to work on stage, then we need to be a little bit closer and, and work harder. And she was completely cut off. She was like, I, I hear what you're saying, but really I just need to I, I just need to do this this way. Well, and director, I, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it what anymore. What did the director say? Unfortunately, the director didn't really want to. The director was very non – what is it? What's the term? Mm-hmm. Non um, – she, she didn't want to address it. Oh. She good. just wanted the, the ball to roll on. She's yeah, like, it, cool. looks good. it looks good on stage. Okay, let's yeah, just keep going. Touch it. And I was like, okay, listen. And I, I didn't even worry myself about it. I was like, okay, listen, stop, drop, and roll. I stopped. I dropped my knowledge, and I'm going to roll, roll on. <laughs> and we just did the production. People clapped. Yeah. We broke down the stage, and life went on. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's life. I mean, that that is the way it is sometimes. Yeah. I was going to tell another story. So there's a relative that I had a conversation with and I was saying, you know what? I love you, but you're not making it easy for me to love you. Mm -hmm. Um, And the person was very, very, she took it as like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm like, listen, I'm just going to say it. And I know this is a very difficult conversation to say, but this is what I'm getting from you. And the conversation that day ended badly, but our relationship blossomed. Afterwards, Okay. Well, and sometimes, how? well, something happened within her, and I just kept on, you know, being, you know, the way that I am. I just, you know, said exactly how I felt. It, I think it's one of those things, I can only interpret it as, like, you drop a seed. Craig, you would know that. You drop a seed yeah. in the ground. Yeah. If you watch it for a day or two, you're not going to see anything. But eventually something happens. Yeah. Something grows. You know, somebody explained it to me. It's mm-hmm. like, you know,
1: look, you know, I mean, everybody needs – you would probably love to hear, you know, her go like, oh, and eyes open. I see. Thank yeah. you for telling me. Okay. But like so so It's like just like somebody explained to me. Sure. It's just like, you know, say you break your leg, you break a bone. What do you do? You, mm. you, well, if you're smart. You kind of recognize it and get some, get some, help. <laughs> get some help. But the second part of it is, is that that bone just doesn't magically come back together. Yeah. It takes time to knit together, to mm-hmm. heal, to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a process. Yes. And, you know, you start the process mm-hmm. and yeah. you la- allow it to mm-hmm. develop. I yeah. mean, you put that thing in her head and heart. Yeah. You
0: kind of toss that seed over the wall mm-hmm. and, and kind of like, we're like,
1: oh, I hope somebody waters it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a leave <laughs> it to beaver episode. It's not, it's not, you know, no. make room for daddy. You know, no, it's not going to happen. We want that. I mean, yeah. We desire that. Sure. But it has to this is a start. This is how it begins, and it's a mm-hmm. process. And it begins with opening your mouth. And this is, goes back to the, the Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, "Listen, you're going to go out, and you're going to spread my name. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear lots of opposition or whatever, but be there." And how do they recognize you? How
1: do they know that you're you're, you're on the up and up? Mm-hmm. Because you love each other. Yes. Because it be, because you express your love for each other. You express your love for these people that you're mm-hmm. you know trying to communicate with. And how are they going to know it's legit? Because you, you love each other. You show that you love each other. You show that this is, uh, mm-hmm. this is where it's coming from. Yeah. This is the this is the message. This mm-hmm. this is the belief
2: system. Yeah. It's also that you keep inviting people exactly into, into your community or into your life. It's not just. Showing people what your community is. It's mm-hmm. exactly here. Come and come and experience it. Come yeah, and join us. And, and I mean, stepping
0: stepping outside of the box, you know, getting out of uh, your community and, and speaking with you know, different people and and um, Bringing them in if they want to come in. Mm-hmm. I also have a letter from uh, there's an individual. I have a, um, a um, so there was a uh, ex, uh, he is an ex clansman. This is from uh, SalmanVision.com. I mentioned it before. I mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Interview with an ex-racist from the ex KKK to Islam. And the article really stunned me because this is a guy who was born in the deep south, uh, absolutely hated, you know, um, black people and Muslims, and he becomes a Muslim. <laughs> and I'm not going to read the whole article, but I will get into – so the, uh, this is an interview. And um, the interviewer says, what triggered you to change your racist views? And uh, he says, the racism drove me to study to find out proof and evidence because he had been told all this misinformation about black people in this community. Exactly. Uh, And to find out the origins of my own people, Europeans, the deeper and deeper I got into the subject, I began to find evidence that revealed that all human beings have the same origin. So I began to doubt the validity of the supreme pure race of people anywhere in the world, let alone the European and the Aryan race. And he, began, he also says it's a cancer because it destroys your personality. He's talking about hatred, racism. It's, it distorts your soul, and it destroys those close to you because it wears off on other people. I was inflicting more harm on myself than the people I hated. I was basically destroying my family and anyone else who had contact with me. And he goes on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. I found it to be really, really powerful. And, you know, connecting... We fall into our little cliques. We wanted to, you know, in our to be in our little community, in our own little bubble, and it's comfortable. But unfortunately, the problem with that is when we talk about, you know, solving some of the issues, I don't know, in the world or <clears throat> within our own lives, sometimes we have to step out. I mean, and as theater people, we often step out of our comfort zones because yeah. oh, we yeah. grab a script. And all of a sudden we're transformed into, you know, another character in another world, in another universe. Mm-hmm. And so I think generally as theater people, we're open to different, you know, walks of life and different and we cultures have and faculty stuff.
2: faculty to adjust more easily.
0: Exactly. And so this individual, he is in his little comfortable bubble, but he realizes that he's harming people and he's harming his own family. And the only way for him to heal is to step out of that bubble.
1: I don't know if that was so co- such a comfortable bubble. Mm-hmm. Self-loathing does not generate love for a you know a family, mm-hmm. even if it's your dysfunctional, you know, white supremacist su- yeah. supremacist but, but family. That, that
2: bubble didn't have self-loathing. It, according it,
1: to that letter, he he, he, he his he, he hatred re- for
0: himself caused him to disconnect from you
1: know the entire world.
0: You know? you know, well, here, here's a, here's another little point. So he, he writes, the turning point was when I got into federal penitentiary in Peckin, Illinois. At that point, I had given up being a racist. The guards came and asked me if I had any problem with black roommates. They interview you to see where they can place you because they have three to four roommates in one prison cell. I said I didn't care. They usually take advantage of that because most people want to be with their own kind. I got one black roommate. The person had a friend named Fareed, who was Muslim. When Fareed came to the cell, he noticed I had nothing, no cosmetic items, no stamps to write my family or money. One day he came to my cell and he asked me, don't you have any money or anything like that? I said, I didn't have any. He said, you want some? I said, no. About 50 minutes later, he came back and he had a bag in his hands. And so that's a connection that that he had. This uh, Muslim comes to him and gives him what he needs, and it sort of uh, changes uh, him. And,
2: and that's why he gravitated toward that religion, because that's where he saw his opening.
0: Exactly. Interesting. He he had a, um, I mean, I, we've talked about you know hatred as a sort of, I don't, I don't, I've often believed that hatred cannot be sustained. You know, you can, I have a very hard time hating someone forever and ever and ever.
2: It's, it takes a lot of energy.
0: Yeah, uh, it does. Now, some people do. That's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, but love, I mean, you know, like when I embrace and hug someone, that's it's a wonderful feeling. Or when you tell someone that you love them, or hearing someone say that they love you, yeah, it's it's almost like a uh, a word, which is just a word, has a power to it, mm-hmm. and it it can move you, especially when you need to hear it. Yes, when it mm-hmm. it's
1: the I mean, you know, bringing that bag, you mm-hmm. know, probably was just a very small thing to the guy who brought it, mm-hmm. but man. I mean, effective. Yes, to have somebody just s- say that and have it have it penetrate mm-hmm. that shell, quite powerful. Yeah, quite a powerful thing.
2: And again, that wasn't a giant gesture. It was a small thing That's that, right. that a person could do but, for but, someone else. But yeah. meaningful, apparently. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And as what we as we were talking about, you know, the guy who you know he initially said, "No, I don't want anything mm-hmm. from you." No. Yeah. But just like that seed. It, it, you know, just grew and grew and grew. So, you know, Debbie, you know, you had mentioned, and I think all of us have feel it, it's exhausting. You know, you try to reach someone and someone is like, hey, forget about it. They're like an iceberg. Mm -hmm. But an iceberg is made of ice. It melts. It can melt. Will it melt because of you or because someone else? I mean, you know, if we give it a shot, if we and as if, you know, if we're Christians or even if you're Muslim or Jewish, Allah or God, Jesus, commands you, reach out to other people. Yeah. Yeah. If you say, no, I'm not going to do it because, you know, that person, he's, he's not ready or she's not ready. Well, that's on you because you didn't try. Well, you know, and it's also, I feel like it coming from
1: the other end, receiving. Yes. Being able to receive that love, being able yeah. to say like, hey, I'm, I'm worth this. That's, you know, right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take you up on that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to open up. But yeah. if you
2: stop reaching out to them, then they don't have a hand to hold on to.
0: That's exactly right. You've got to extend the hand. Oh, you can do it. You got to open do that. the door. Like mm-hmm. I have
2: this friend who never comes to anything I ever invite her to, but oh. I know yeah. that she might someday. That's <laughs> like right. And so I invite her to everything. That's right. And I, even though I know she won't come, mm-hmm. because one day she's going to show up.
0: Yeah. it's she's going to be like,
2: I've been willing to do this for so long. Yeah. 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 I
0: wanted to talk a little bit about family because it's something that we touched on during uh, breakfast. But beforehand, so there's one last thing from this uh, thing, yeah. which is really beautiful. So here's what the uh, ex-racist ex, uh, uh, says. I finally got a hold of the Quran. Every page I read, I broke down crying because I felt that as I was reading the Quran, in a way my soul was cleansing itself of all it, the poison, the ayat verses that I was reading they compared to Christianity but there were a lot of things that sound so much more believable mm-hmm. in his words in the Quran than the Bible it sounded so pure so he goes on now I'm a Christian reg clay is a Christian but if you have a connection let's say if you have a connection with the Quran or with the Talmud mm-hmm. that's you have a connection with God yeah I mean, as a Christian, I could say no. You know, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. But really, I, Reg Clay, I want you to have a connection with a spirit, with with a God. Mm-hmm. If it's Allah, that's fine. That's I don't been, have a problem with been that. Been reading the Quran lately too,
1: and it, I, I must say, compared to a lot of the mm-hmm. well of the Bible, it's the poetry is right. really yeah. lovely. I mean, really, really pretty. It's it feels good to read it just mm-hmm. because of the words. Yeah, I'm reading you know an English translation. I can't imagine what it must feel like you know, mm-hmm. in like in
2: the original language,
1: in the original language or yeah. in the language of the of most Muslims.
0: Yeah, you know, it's I'm probably gonna, just I'm gonna read it. Yeah. I haven't read the yeah. Whole thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And here you have this racist Southern white dude, wow, converting to Islam. It, I mean, that in itself is a miracle all in itself, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, I I love the fact that we're you know you're saying that it's not a matter of you know connecting to Christianity. It's a matter to Connecting with each other in exactly. however you can. exactly, You know, through love, mm-hmm. through love of each other, through love of yourself, through love of God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, you know, and, and so, somebody's got to take care of us mm-hmm. right? and does. And yeah. keeping that
2: tenant in mind to mm-hmm. love one another mm-hmm. as you would love yourself, because there are a lot of communities mm-hmm. that forget that. Yes. And I think you like to give that example of, of that you gave once of your friend who went to church and. Had a necklace on that the priest oh, pointed yeah. out. Like that's not necessarily a community that's keeping that in mind.
0: Exactly, and it's horrible that that happened in the church. I, I remember that, and it, it just it struck struck me. We have to be very careful, and you know, this. We we talked about this during uh, breakfast. Family, I really think that when we're younger, we don't we take for granted family. We take for granted, like, how important is your mom and your dad and your uncles and and, and all that sort of stuff, or even your outside family. I think that's the reason why there's so many gangs or, you know, you have these hate groups or whatever, because if you come from a dysfunctional family, you have to find another family. But I think as I get older, I appreciate family more, Mm -hmm. the need to be there for a family member or a need for a family member to be there for me, Mm -hmm. Uh, the need to be hugged and held. Every time I go back to Washington, D.C., I'm reminded of who I am my foundation especially when I'm having a bad day
1: that's lovely I you know I was talking to you mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you know, it's kind of like gangs and mm-hmm. you know and are kind of like a you know a family the idea is great yeah but it's not it's not really working out of love it's kind of working out of just necessity sure so we do have this need we have this I mean I grew up in a d- very dysfunctional family mm-hmm. we needed each other but you know it was like it was stressful it was dangerous and harmful yeah, yeah. And, you know to a lot to Everybody involved because mm-hmm. it just, it, but the desire mm-hmm. to have that familial love, the desire to be held, was pure. Yes, and was a motivating factor. It's just a matter of where are you going to find your family with love?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, create mm-hmm. creating family. I we create theatrical families. Sure, and we, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys. You know, when when we get together and we work together and mm-hmm. you know with East you know, sure, and, and we, you know, we bonded. Yes. Uh, you know, we had a we had a, a mutual kind of desire to, mm-hmm. you know, exchange with one another, to care for one another, to help one another. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's not always the case. You know, you yeah. Know
2: that, well, that's a tribe that isn't built out of fear. It isn't yeah, a tribe yeah. that well, we all are afraid of one thing. So let's be together. Right. Exactly. Or we're we're all afraid of this yeah. other race. So let's be together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be careful about the foundation that our family is built on. Because right. if it's built on a horrible foundation, then it's it's going to crumble and it should crumble because it's it's not based on anything good. I mean, even think about theater. Even with East Enders, people. Although we were a family, people have different, you know, motives. Or you know, hey, I'm doing this thing so that I can get this role, or I'm doing this thing so that I can bond, or I'm doing this thing so that I can move on to other things. Mm-hmm. When you have people with different objectives, then you know you you're going to get different results. I think with a family. Um, Let's say you know you have a, a daughter or a son who wants to. I got to get out of here. I got to move, and you know, just I need my freedom because mm-hmm. I can't have mom and dad telling me what to do all the time and all that sort of stuff. And then as you get older, you're like, oh wow, I need some guidance. I need people don't know who I am, mm-hmm. and I run into this all the time. It's like you know you go into a particular environment. I don't know if it's a work environment or a theater environment or whatever, and you have in your back of your mind, hey, when I'm at home. I'm regarded as this and that or whatever, and you sort of lose that lose that perspective. Uh, you, you can sort of lose yourself when you're outside of your family, and then you come home, and it's like, ah, th- these are the people who know and understand me. And you can bring that strength as you go outside. I may I may be forming an argument that, hey, this is why you need to stay home or whatever. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. <laughs> I'm saying if you have a strong foundation.
2: If you have a strong foundation, it's comforting to go back to.
0: Exactly. And no matter where you are, you have it. I'm here in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. but my foundation is my family. I'm a Clay and I'm proud to be a Clay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my and you know, when I when I and that's something that I can bring to the table. When we find people who are who have issues and problems and and all sorts of stuff, I usually wonder, where's your foundation, you know? What family did you come from? Did your family uplift you and strengthen you? And help you be emboldened to f- go out into the world. Usually, if that's not the case, then you're going to have problems.
2: Well, or that you found you've defined a new kind of family. Yeah, yeah. To replace yeah. that Th- other foundation. Mm-hmm. That it's a matter of
1: trust, and it's difficult. Uh, I think what Bishop Curry is trying to say, and yes. what uh, what the passages in the Quran and in John are trying to say, is mm-hmm. that family is expansive. Yes, um, it's not just your tribe or mm-hmm. the people. You know you're hanging out with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an expansive idea. So when somebody comes to me mm-hmm. and says, "Like, look, you know, I know what I know what internal blockage is. I mm-hmm. know what kind of blood clot is in your soul. Mm-hmm. I see it. It's there. Yep. I recognize it. I love you, mm-hmm. and I would like to help because uh, I've been there. I know what that it feels like. I know." It can be destructive, and I know it can be better. Yep, um, you know, showing someone you—you know—I mean, how are we? How are they going to recognize me as an enemy They'll recognize you when you love each other. They're That's right. Become legit disciples yes. when they see yes that your intentions are pure. Yeah, and that you're you're being honest with them. Yeah, and saying like, look, mm-hmm. you know, this is a matter of you loving yourself and me loving you. It's n- it's got to mm-hmm. happen. It's got to happen that way. Yeah. And you
2: know? we talked a few weeks ago about encouragement <coughs> and how, who are you going to encourage today? Yeah. And we talked many weeks ago about touching other, reaching out and touching yes. other
0: people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And getting back to the foundation, what, let's think about what Jesus is doing here. He brings the disciples together from different aspects of life. They're fishermen. Mm-hmm. They're carpenters. They're doing all sorts of things. And they have different objectives. Some join this, this thing. For different ulterior motives. I I wonder what Jesus' ulterior motive was. You know, maybe he wanted to get, you know, prestige and fame. Hey, I'm hanging with Jesus. You know, he's part of the cool crew. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't think about what he, you know, you know, Jesus brings all all of these disciples together. And then he gives Mm -hmm. them, you know, the the commandments and he he starts healing people. Mm -hmm. And he says, listen, this is the new interpretation of the Bible. You know, you've heard the Old Testament. This is how we're going to spread the word through love, by connecting with people from outside, you know, we're not just going to connect with, you know, the Jews, we're going to connect with the Gentiles. He's preparing them and he says, listen, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be leaving. So you guys got to be ready. He's building this foundation, this family. Mm -hmm. And by the time he leaves, the disciples are a family and they're ready to spread the word and build their own families. It's sort of like a father who trains the son is and like when the father's gone now that son will be a father, and how will he build his family? He will use as a template how his father built the family, mm-hmm. and understanding that you're not going to
1: have all the, the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean the the great, you know, vibe of of, of you know, mm-hmm. the cosmos or whatever or energy or whatever you call it, the things that work in this world are 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 quite beyond. Mm-hmm. Simple Christianity. Yeah. And, you know, although Christianity is a wonderful, beautiful story full of inspiration and love and and powerful messages, it's it, it's all bigger than that mm-hmm. and more expansive than that. Yeah. And so the more open we can be to kind of like expand our family, mm-hmm. reach out. Don't be judgmental. Don't necessarily feel like you have to hide in a box yes. of your belief or yeah. what's you know what's good for you or what's good for those people around you, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. The idea is like get out of that box. Mm-hmm. You know, expand
0: yourself, accept love wherever it's happening. Yeah, and yeah. Jesus leads through example. I'm looking at John 13 now, verse 12. He's washing the feet of the disciples. Here's, here's what it says. When he had finished washing their feet, he put, his clothes, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Leading by example. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher, but I'm serving you. This is our foundation. Now you are going to do that for, for everyone else. I think it's a, a wonderful, wonderful lesson.
2: Yeah, it's, it's
1: So many ways to connect, mm-hmm. you know, that we're taught, you know, to these guys. Yeah. And they struggled. They struggled t- to get it. Yes. They were like, no, nah, we don't get it. What You know, they constantly, mm-hmm. you know, question it and say, is this real? Yeah. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Are you the the guy we heard about? I mean, are you teacher? What are you? Are you, you know, and they, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. they, they, you know, and, and so many times it was a struggle for them to, to kind of come to grips with this very direct and like hammered message.
2: Well yes, you know, I am loved you you
1: you need to love. I am loved, you need to love. But as you've
2: said before, you know, like Jesus is a radical. He is you know, he's a rock star and like ninety (coughs) percent of the folks that were there are against him. Like yes, and and, no. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so of course the disciples are going to be questioning mm-hmm. every day, yeah, because yeah. they're afraid for their lives.
1: He's a homeless renegade criminal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, socialist. He was yeah.
2: a, a homeless renegade socialist criminal. Yeah,
0: but it's a, it's a beautiful story of a family coming together. We don't think of the disciples as a family. You think of them just a group of twelve guys. I
1: know that's what that's kind of the the way I relate to. It. It's like, oh God, well that was cool then. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Club
0: bros
2: I, hanging I love out. I love, <laughs> right. I love that you brought
1: you know Bishop Curry and yeah. and, and yeah. the reviving thing because it's like yes you know people need to be called
0: yes. and need to accept the call but you they know. have to
2: hear it first. I know. Exactly. Well,
0: he's kind of shouting a little bit. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, yeah. it's extending the hand. Yeah. And the fact that when we talk about family, all of us are families. This white guy, racist, former racist, found a family, a brother in this Muslim guy, mm-hmm. and also, you know, the, the black uh, roommate that he had. Um, we are all family. I mean, it just tells us we're we all a tapestry. That's what, how America, you know, can be looked upon as a horrible, you know, institution. But the, the wonderful thing about America is we are a tapestry of different people, different cultures, mm-hmm. and we get into arguments. I think it's always a, a flex, you know, like 2018 is is a little horrible because of all the things that we see. That doesn't mean 2020 or 2019, will be the same. And you don't have to be stuck in a cell with somebody to learn how to get along. With them. <laughs> no, no right. maybe it helps, but you don't
1: have to do that. You can right. do it without, you know, the penitentiary. Exactly. You know? And, and we,
2: all, we all want family. We all want to find our family or our tribe or our people. We're always doing that, whether yes. that be yeah. at the office, our group of people yes. that we go to lunch with, yes. or at the box, yes. you know, all those folks that we work out with that encourage us, yes. or our theater family, mm-hmm. or... The people we join a club to go bowling and those. Mm -hmm. Right, right. (laughs) Or wake up (laughs) at the
1: crack of dawn and talk about God with. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. The need is there. The need, the desire is there. Yes. Um, We deserve it. Yes. Are we ready? Oh, well, maybe not, but we're getting
0: there with the help of each other. Yeah. With the help of each other. Mm hmm. That's exactly right. And I'd be remiss, I'd like to talk about Aretha Franklin.
1: Oh, uh, well, we got to. Amen, let's do it.
0: <laughs> oh, please. Uh, well, I mean, there have been all sorts of accolades, and uh, she, you know, earlier, uh, even last week, you know, she was on hospice care, so I guess she was struggling. Well, She uh, had
2: pancreatic cancer.
0: Yeah, pancreatic she cancer. Was very aggressive. Yeah. And uh, 76, I think, 76. As I get older, I'm sure when I was younger, I was like, oh, that's old. And it's like, no, it's not really that old. No, it depends on the body. Yeah. But the Queen of Soul, I mean, what can you say? And as a Christian, I'm so and, – and also as a – I mean, I get into my history thing, but there's also the history of music. There's a wonderful documentary, The History of Rock and Roll, and there's a section called Soul. And there was a time in the late 60s where Aretha Franklin, a couple of others like Sam Cooke, but really I think Aretha Franklin, if Sam Cooke sort of creaked the door in to introduce gospel into secular music, Aretha Franklin just... Well,
2: Elvis p- did that, too, right? Well,
0: sure, Elvis in his own way. He I mean, a,
2: He was a, his own racist. But.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I doubt if you're listening to, you know, um, Blue Suede Shoes, you know, you're thinking about Christianity or whatever. But Aretha Franklin just knocked the door down. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, like Sam Cooke creaked the door. Aretha just phew, destroyed it by bringing us a music which was so close to her emotions, so close to gospel music, so close to just... Emotionally feeling and there are people who have a hard time with emotions mm-hmm. like, you know, if I just yelled and screamed, some people will be like, whoa, I got to stay away from that guy. Others are like, wow, let me what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. We, we deal with that way with music. You know, some folks mm-hmm. are, get a little uncomfortable with emotional music because they don't want to cry. They don't want to have those feelings or they're so detached from those feelings. But there are those, especially in the black community. And that's what Aretha Franklin brought to the rock and roll stage. Hey, I'm connected to my emotions, and when I sing, you're going to be connected too. Mm-hmm. She was the diva. She was the first diva. She, you know, like people she used to say that she she mm-hmm.
2: brought so much spirit to yes. her music, and you know. And then when she was in church and singing at her dad's church, absolutely. that the Holy Spirit was flowing through her. That you could oh, see
0: absolutely.
1: It. Oh, I can't. I can't. And so I mean, everyone's so sad and at, mm-hmm. the, at, at her passing, but I think the thing that I feel the most is I'm reminded of just how much joy yeah. she brought to individual lives mm-hmm. i mean just a real common kind of like man that made me feel good yeah mm-hmm. when i heard her sing oh absolutely I, mean. I cannot stop feeling good when i hear her sing yeah you know and, and just that mm-hmm. the joy that's such necessary Food that she gave to everybody, man.
2: It was palpable. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, it was palpable. yeah. It was yeah. real. It was a real deal. Mm-hmm. And think about the the time period. I mean, we're talking about the late '60s. There are all sorts of assassinations going on. There are all sorts of unrest. You know, the civil rights sounds, sounds so. so familiar. Doesn't it me? doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It? yeah. And uh, she was a favorite of Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. would come to um, her. Uh, Aretha Franklin's father was a very famous, uh, I think, C.L. Franklin, and he had a very famous church. And Martin Luther King was a frequent visitor, and uh, when Martin would have his speeches and rallies, Aretha would frequently, frequently come. And during Martin Luther King's funeral, you know, Aretha was right there, you know, singing the eulogy. Mm. Um, so you know, very very powerful. And also, I, you know, I my thoughts are on the black woman. You know, she was sort of the the anthem of of many many black women, and she was a, a black woman who sort of validated herself. And and all black women who connected with her, I mean, you talk about just how one validates oneself, especially in America. You know, if you're a white man, you may validate yourself in the boardroom or uh, in the Oval Office or in politics or whatever. If you are a or an action movies, if you're a black man, you may find it on the basketball court or the football field or, or something like that. The white woman, well, I mean, is always glorified in, you know, print ads and, you know, the model, Angelina Jolie. The black woman, for a long time, has had a very hard time validating themselves as as an American. And Marita Franklin sort of said, "Hey, this is what it is to be a black woman." You know, she at she was a, she had two children by the time she was 16 years old. Her mother had died, I think, when she was uh, 12. Um, so she had a very very hard life. But she brought, just like you said, Craig, so much joy, so much passion and emotion well think about the strength that it took just to be that person
1: yeah and then become
0: what Mm -hmm.
1: she became yeah just so talented so inspiring i mean we tried to go through a short list of all the Mm -hmm. black women who came after her yeah who you know made it their ideal to emulate that's exactly right. You know, emulate her in some way. Pat, Patti you know. Labelle. Go on Whitney Houston. Tina Turner. Adele, Whitney Houston. You know. Adele. And on and on and on. Yes. Oh yes. You know, and the people that she still inspires. Yes. You know, and will continue to. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout. You know, yeah. This is a this is a legacy that's going to just hopefully keep reverberating. Yeah. And, and I think we miss her, but we also want, an- you know, we want
0: another. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you talk yeah. about the '60s being a turbulent time. This is a turbulent time. Absolutely.
0: And, you know. and we need music to sort of connect ourselves. You know. Did you have any uh, thoughts about Aretha Franklin? Um, Do I have, I have
2: thoughts about her? I, mean? don't,
0: I don't know if because uh, it's easy for me. I I'm will tell girl, you that I ahead. was
2: in conference rooms waiting for meetings and in between meetings, and I was playing her songs o- oh, over the loudspeakers wow. in the conference rooms. Wow. So nice, and nice. I, I was How just nice. being, you know, inspired by her.
0: Yeah, and you know, you had talked, Deb, about working on. uh, There's a a playwright friend of yours who's working on the story of Twyla Tharp, Uh who's sort of a a predecessor of Aretha Franklin. Probably came way before her time. Yeah.
2: Guitar player, singer.
0: Yeah, fantastic singer, whatever. And uh, I guess, you know, she was way ahead of her time and couldn't sort of break that door down. But Aretha did, you know, sort of took that torch.
2: She, sometimes you have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. She waited. And you, go and go you go have go to – yeah. I mean, I, I think this genre of music, as you were saying earlier today, yeah. people had never heard. Exactly.
0: White people
2: had never really heard. Exactly. I think is what I mean to say. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Because African-American people heard it in their churches every Sunday. Right, exactly. And, and so to hear that kind of sound coming across the radio was – a revolution, yes, um, to to white people, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why Elvis started covering gospel songs, yep, um, <laughs> yep. yeah, oh, <laughs> to yeah. get on that bandwagon. Well, a lot of people, did, um, I think, after yeah, that, yeah, a lot of people you did, know, like a lot of the country, musicians, they, did, they had to like go do their yeah. gospel album after <laughs> the oh god, I guess
1: we had to do it, right, <laughs> right, yeah.
2: exactly. But I think I also was thinking earlier, like, if it had been a man, yeah. That he that he wouldn't have been as well rece- received. Yeah, especially at that time when there was so yeah. much antagonism.
0: Well, think about a male's voice. I mean, a male's voice is a little different from a female's voice. When when Aretha Franklin hits a high note, what man can really do that? I mean, there's a power to My that's Jackson all the whole diva thing. Well, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Prince may
2: have. have. Oh yeah, that
1: is it live or is it? But but I also when I I think
2: about her songs, there are a lot of of empowering songs. But there are a lot of songs, like you said, she had a hard life. There are a lot of songs where she is heartbroken. Yes, and there's so that a lot of people can also Mm -hmm. tie into. A lot of those heartbroken songs turn into empowerment songs. Absolutely. Which is wonderful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which is something we're sort of bereft of. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to dump on hip-hop and, and that sort of stuff. but And and, I, and there are parts of hip-hop that I really love. But there's a definite, in my opinion, disconnect of emotion. You have yeah. guys like, uh, I don't know, CeeLo and uh, Justin Bieber and, and other folks, and even women like uh, Cardi B Cardi and, and whatever, who – you know, they, they will – and Beyonce. You know, there's empowerment, but damn if I'm going to cry. Damn if I'm going to, you know, show any weak emotion as if it, that were uh, a horrible thing. And, you know, Aretha Franklin and there are a bunch of other folks like Donnie Hathaway uh, and, um, uh, you know, some others. I think
2: she – like she claimed all of her bad parts. That's exactly you right. Know, it's not like she tried to hide them. Yes. You know, or she was like, this is who I am. Yes. Exactly. And because of these things – I am this person.
1: Yes. Yeah. When she got yeah. older and she got, you know, mm-hmm. she got,
2: yeah, she got bigger. Yes. Yeah.
1: And everybody's like, you know, hey, you know, you know, you're not really the the, pr- the prettiest gem out there. You got a beautiful voice. Yeah. She sh- she showed her strength mm-hmm. through her vulnerability, saying like, yeah. "This is who I am. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. Take it or leave it. Yep. You know. Yeah. I am vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can hurt me. Yes. But man, mm-hmm. can I? Can I use it? Yeah, you know, to express myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's you know, you, you talk about like the the walls of the anger of the hip hop kind of thing. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, you can sit there and you know be a defensive and kind of say like I'm strong, I'm dynamic. Yeah, you can't hurt me. Yeah, but you know, to show strength through vulnerability, Absolutely. that's a message that a lot of people. Love. I think a lot of people relate to. That's where they see like her joy is my joy. Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: yeah, her pain's my pain, and you know, it's real. You know, yeah, you know and whatever. the courage to show it. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And give a shout-out to, uh, you know, and we're talking about um, just, and, you know, folks are like, wow, I thought this was a Christian podcast. But no, <laughs> it's. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Your know, it whole is. life
2: is part of your Christian life. Yeah. Abs-
0: absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, when Aretha Franklin got into the recording industry, because a lot of artists, they do what their producers tell you to do. And Aretha signed with. Why, because uh, it's kind of. Mm-hmm. The white man's world, would not it? Right, exactly. Yeah, hey, this yeah. is where the money is, and yeah. this is where the market is, and blah, 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 this blah, blah. This is how you got to do it. You want to fit here. Yeah, so Capitol Records basically signed Aretha to a six-year uh, contract between 1961 and 1966, where she's doing all these jazz and uh, you know pop interpretations and Burke Bacharach stuff, which is nothing wrong with that, but I it's like not her. her. Yeah, Bert, Burke Bacharach is wonderful, who did wonderful things with Dionne Warwick and uh, Dinah Washington and, yes, and a couple so of other folks. The, oh, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But during that time, Motown exploded, the Beatles exploded, uh, Stax Records and, and, was and Oda Redding, doing, doing that stuff until yeah. she got out of her contract. There was a white guy named Jerry Wexler who had an appreciation for gospel music. Who said, listen, Aretha, I may be a producer, but I'm just going to have you sit to a piano and you do your thing. You produce it. You craft it, you create it, you do whatever you want to do. You're going to play something that came out of that, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to wait until the very, very end, and we're actually at the very end.
2: Well, real quick before you play it, what Aretha song has been on your mind since you passed? I'm um, looking at Craig.
0: Change <laughs> is going to come.
2: Change is going to come. Oh, change is going to come. Is this the one that was on your mind? Or? Uh,
0: it was on my mind, but uh, people will obviously think about respect. Yeah. With, uh, oh, yeah. Um, natural respect. woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, natural, natural woman. woman I've yeah.
2: been singing Say a Little Prayer for Me. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. In my head. So that's that's a
0: beautiful. One. Yeah. That's just a great tune, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which um, I think is also a Burke Bacharach uh, thing. Is
2: it? I it believe- was first
0: done um, by Dion Warwick, can, yeah. which I did sort of okay. Burke Bacharach, Hal David. Hal David, yeah. But when Aretha did it, obviously it added that, you know, well, their gospel it power hers. Yeah. To yeah, her. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately after Aretha did her um, you know, her secular stuff like respect and all stuff, which when in one year yeah. she had all the top tens oh, and yeah. became a million crazy, dollar seller and it just changed the industry. She said, You know what, I gotta get back into gospel. I gotta get back into gospel and she went to back to her church and they mic'd up a live performance of hers and one song is how I Got Over, and it's a wonderful, wonderful song. Can we leave
1: in prayer and leave with the song? Can I do? The
0: yeah, prayer?
2: do the prayer. And prayer and and then pray we'll us out first. Absolutely,
0: go for yeah, it, yeah. Um,
1: dear Lord. Here we are, another Saturday morning, and and you've conscripted us to get together, and 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 care about each other, and show love for each other, and once again, you made it happen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the families that we have, and the families we know we are going to have once we expand our love. Again, we praise you every day and thank you for your kindness and
0: love. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 That was that was a good one. All right. Well, I'm going to close it out, and then I'm going to we're going to end with how I got over, which is with Aretha Franklin, with the James Cleveland Choir, and we've been opening and closing our our the, podcast the with the James Cleveland, Cleveland Choir, Choir. <laughs> and now they are with uh, Aretha Franklin. So. Faith is, and thank you so much for our, everyone for listening. I, you know, I have to say You know, we, we do have our listeners. I think Craig, your family, they they listen. Yeah, I yeah, think
1: I, I think I got some recruits.
0: <laughs> so that's wonderful, and uh, so we, we thank everyone for listening. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe it all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn you back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or SoundCloud, Twitter instagram you can find me on reg clay reg space clay you can find deb at dl Carriger. uh craig we're still trying to get you on <laughs> uh, not happened yet yeah that's okay that's, that's okay it, that's all right and share what you feel don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe the bible has been around for thousands of years and even now in the age of the internet and social media and great technology it still has message for all of us You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for You Gotta Have Faith You Can Find Us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on soundcloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening. God bless. And here we have Aretha Franklin on How I Got Over.